All right, chips. Welcome to another episode of the All That Valley Podcast. Uh, today we have somebody that I've wanted on for a long time, and I've been thinking of different ways to give you an introduction, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, how do you do it for a guy? It's it's, like, it's impossible because there's so many things you can say. Scottish wrestling legend, Mister BBC himself. That <laughs> <laughs> like, you said in a promo when you went heel, mate. Remember that? I said, I was, to, to get heat, I said that. I said, <laughs> I am the star of BBC, the star of ITV, the star of Impact Wrestling. Grado, that was to get folk to boo me. If you don't know that voice, it's the one and only Grado. And, and see, the thing is, what you were saying, see when you, see when you actually, I know this is not where I wanted to start with this, but just when you were talking about the the heel thing, getting the heat and all that, uh, right? see when you did that and you were like. Everyone's here to see myself. That was the most heartbreaking. But <laughs> <laughs> when I told them a bad guy, I, I was like, I, was I didn't want to do it. I, I didn't want to do it. it was, see, see the night that I did turn into a bad guy at the Battlelands, Mark Dallas was backstage going, You need to date me. You're going to be like Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I was like, But how can I like be a bad guy on these shows and then turn up at Greenock Town Hall, Greenock Town Hall and start going, Come on, Ken, come on, everybody get up. But uh, I did enjoy it, to be honest with you. It was different for me. Takes a lot of me out. You've been a bad guy wrestling because you need to control the match. So I was bust in that ring because you need to be because it's you that's putting the pressure, putting the heat on the on the baby faces. Whereas in the baby faces, it's the other way about. You spend a lot of time lying your your backside and you got you bump and feed for them, bump and feed for them. But it was different for me being a bad guy. But it only lasted for a couple of months and then I was I was back to being a good guy again. It felt more like I, I know that he, he thought it would be like a Hogan thing, but it felt more like Stone Cold. That, WrestleMania when he turned to him, Aye. didn't really, the fans didn't want to boo him, no. nobody wanted to boo you at the time, I didn't want to boo you. And uh, that night when I did turn into a bad guy, Kenny McIntosh, do you know him? Yeah. And the ropes, he tweeted, this is the worst mistake he's ever done, this is the worst mistake he's ever made, this will never work. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what have I done? What have I done? But I think we done it, we took it on the road, we went down to Wales. And we were in Newcastle and stuff like that, so it was good to get on the mic and, and, and shout at the crowd and get in folks' faces. But I think it was more kind of tongue-in-cheek. Folk were having a laugh with it when they were booing. But, um, aye, it was different. It was different, so it was. Well, because a lot of the time, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why you became such a big star was because you were yourself. Aye. And it's, <laughs> was it, it was difficult to not to... Um, I had to get that in somewhere, right? <laughs> We heard that in five minutes. A guy just was driving along there, somebody shout, it's yourself. It could be worse, but it could be a hell of a lot worse. I've been playing that. Okay, do you fat bastard? <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> listen, listen to you. Some things I've had, you know, sweet, I, I would have, I, that would be much better than what I've had. I've had like a, what? Uh, like a, look at Stephen Hawking over there. You're, you're like, joking, do folks say that? <laughs> no, wait, yes. no, wait, I'm just trying to be funny. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've said I've said this in but Stephen Hawking not with Stephen Hawking he was one of the most intelligent I know that's the thing you would think that somebody being in a wheelchair that's the smartest guy in the world would have destigmatized that wee bit but apparently mm. didn't quite do the job <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can be the smartest guy in the world and Aye. still like look at a guy who's stupid it's like what are you talking about like, but, you, but I've, I've watched your podcast I watched your podcast with Toll and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you've had who else have you had on? You've had Cy Ferry and uh, who's another man I seen in the recently? Did you have the Riley's Gaff boys? I have Riley's Gaff. Aye, so you've, you're doing pretty well. Do, what do you do? Do you do it once a week or once a week? Mate, I'm every every Tuesday just try to get. I mean, the whole point of it not to not to talk about myself too much here is to just try and destigmatize disability. That's all. And by me and you having a conversation, like I'm in a wheelchair and you're not, mm-hmm. right? but the idea of it is is like people 
people who we don't haven't seen somebody in the wheelchair or really even hear for them. So like if they see this conversation, they go, oh, he's actually normal. Aye. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then that makes it easier for people going about. And, and so, like mainstream media don't really promote us or use us in that mm-hmm. sense. So like having these kind of conversations and having people like you on that have like a big audience Aye. helps sort of help us in the mainstream view, if you like, to try and make it easier for like, because the whole point for me was try to make it easier for the next people in the wheelchair. Well, you will be inspiring folk. I take it, do you do you have people that, that use wheelchairs? Do, do they listen to your podcast and tell you that they inspire you because, you know, you've had the... Because it takes a lot to do a podcast. Aye. And Aye. it takes, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to do to carry a conversation. I struggle with it sometimes on my podcast, man. I can't say a conversation together. So it's good that, you know, you're... you're Put yourself on a platform where other folk, as you say, that have got the, the, the difficulties that you've got and they can see that you, you've, you're you doing brilliant with Well, thank you, mate. Like you say, it's a difficult thing to get started with, but in terms of, you know, having people on in, in wheelchairs and things like that, I have had that. And I think the more that I've done it, I've sort of realised that, like, the way to sort of try and get people to realise what's... The way that we, the way that we talk about disability and the way to change the conversation Aye. is by having a situation where like we've been we've been through different you know like we've had different paths in life right Aye. but you've probably you've probably felt shade in your life at some point mm-hmm. and so have i through being in a wheelchair but even if i wasn't in a wheelchair i would have felt had bad times as well do you know what i mean so we see everything you know you don't you've got your podcast but see your instagram now you're getting torn into that gym every single day you know Get it wraps that on that um, thing with machine. Aye. What is that? The what's that machine called? Ski machine, mate. Aye. Aye. That's brilliant that you're getting you're getting up every day and going to the gym. Cause I mean, I'm you know, I've I've not been in a gym in about three years. So you're inspiring me that way, you know. Well, let's get a workout in together. <laughs> let's go, no, let's right. go pop some wine. No, no, the, the worst thing I ever done was get a personal trainer. I hated <laughs> it. I hated it. Because I don't know, the guys not listening, but it, don't get me wrong, he got me in good shape. It was when I was wrestling Drew. And uh, I was, I had done well. I'd done well with a guy, but I was in there for too long, man. I thought I was only going to be half an hour and then, right, filled it, right, I'll get you in here in the morning. But I was in, I was in for about an hour, hour and a half. And then he wanted me to go for something to eat with him. Then he wanted me to go and watch his wee boy play football. I thought, oh, no. Then I, I just started digging his phone calls and that's the last time I've ever been in a gym. <laughs> so how long ago was that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's uh, about three stone ago, mate. <laughs> I'm gonna... Absurd. Oh, you're making me lose my composure here quite early on. <laughs> no, that I can keep it together. I'm not supposed to laugh as much, right? Um, okay, so in terms of you're saying you've not been at the gym in a while, right? But Aye. In terms of wrestling shape, because you came you came back recently for a show, a few shows, that right? I was rolling about that ring like a slob, <laughs> an absolute slob. Oh, that, it doesn't matter. But see, it doesn't matter how much you go to the gym and you keep your cardio up. There's a difference between like fit and and ring shape because it is different. It's like the Rock this year. Not that I'm comparing myself with the Rock here, right? However, he's just said that he's not going to get himself in the right nick to wrestle at WrestleMania. You think to yourself, come on, to get up at four in the morning eating fillet steaks, and he's you know he's one of the strongest guys in the world. You see. But even he knows that it it doesn't take it takes more than that. You've got to get mm-hmm. used to the ring and and then be able to. There's a there's a certain kind of way, a certain strategy to it. That I struggle with. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> but, see, to be honest with you, man, like you, you were talking about the skier, right? I did, and I know people that listen to this podcast 
regularly will be sick of me telling that story. Right? Right. But I did a challenge like in, um, in 2021 when I was doing a thousand K in a month. Um, so on, on the ski machine, so it was 40 K on the ski a day for 30 days to get to a thousand K. And uh, it was... Your arms must be. Scott this Ste year guns. Scott Steiner, brother. This year guns. I can't even Boom. That's no, it. I do that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not like Hulk Hogan. I'm, right. I'm not on the steroids yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, see, when I, anytime, anytime somebody asks me, I always pull the fat up. Like that. <laughs> so it looks alright. But that's that, that's like me trying. Like I could do that with my calves, but it wouldn't really be that believable, would it? What with your, with your calves? I like. What? I'm saying if I did it with my legs, people would be like, "But well, that's." You I tell you what, but you speak my calves. That's right. one of the. That's one of the only muscles in my body that I'm proud of because. I've always said I've got like the top half of Russell Grant and the bottom half Linford Christie because you, because you carry weight about and because mm -hmm. wrestling it was getting folk in your shoulders and and a lot of squatting. So see see if, see if I did go to the gym, uh -huh. it'd be leg day every day. I like doing the legs. I've been skipping leg day for years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brilliant. But the thing, if we could put your legs with my arms, we'd have something going on. Mate. <laughs> That'd be good, eh? That'd we, be some team. It'd be better than Degeneration Greg's, anyway. I'll get Ravy Davy on a show. I have, mate. I didn't get a word in the whole time, but really? it was good. He's a great he's guy. Some boy, he's done well with old TikTok, I must say. Ah, he's a good lad. He has, um, he has, and that, and that story that, that he had about being a young boy and coming up to me for a picture in Govan Town Hall, he said, me and you are going to be a tag team. Me and you are going to be the Generation Greggs. And it did happen. He worked hard at it. He's um, done well with his videos online. And the Waynes love him. The Waynes love him. I've got my, my stepdaughter. She, whenever I put her own shows at the Pavilion, she'll go, is Ravy David going to be there? So he's got that connection with the young folk. And uh, aye, he's, he's done it the right way. He's done it in terms of getting himself out there and using social media. I know he's he's got a great story as well. The guy where he's come back from, uh, and do you know it's funny that in he, jail. it's funny that he said that to you because I'm going to say the same thing to you, right? What? Only it's better, right? Because what I was trying to tell you that ski story is that I actually started in wrestling training like, at the end of last year, and um, it was what's really interesting about it is I've I've done like. See, just doing like ten minutes from about you're like, how do people do this for uh, half an hour? Or, or like. I stopped thinking about Ironman matches and I go, how did they do this, man? Uh, no, that's why I come in anytime, for the last couple of years anyway, just because it has been on and off, I go in and it says, uh, Grado versus whoever, time, 18 minutes. I'm like, fucking right, there's no way I can go 18 minutes. Or at least I'll say, I'm doing a nine minute entrance, a bit of gaga at the front, you beat me up, I'll get my comeback. And then that's us, because as you say, to wrestle for that length, length of time, it's I, I, the worst. The worst one I ever done was I turned up at a show and it was actually Lionheart and I. And he, he booked a, a Royal Rumble, and uh, he says you're winning the Rumble, and I went, "Oh, tidy, get in there." He says, what, "What? When am I coming out? Am I coming out? 26, 27, 28? No, number one." So I had to be in that ring right for the get go. Thirty other guys, and then a week and I sort of match to kind of put a bow on it at the end. I was bust. Absolutely bust, but aye. You, you, but the, the, the problem with wrestling is if you stop doing it, it's hard to kind of get your fitness back up to where it was. Not that I was ever the, the fastest ever in the ring anyway, but you know, I could I could certainly go 2014, 15, 16. I could certainly hold my own wrestling, but I don't know if it don't know if it'd be the same now. You mentioned the kind of prime 
you know, boom years, if you like that. Those are the sort of, and see, I was just thinking about this and the best way to talk about this, because you've probably talked about this a million different times, right? Mm-hmm. But there's certain things as a fan, that I was watching it and I'm like, okay, so what's happening here? So like you, you started doing, so you had a week kind of thing going on with Jackie Polo, which is what started the whole, you doing yeah. promos on Facebook and having the, like a prayer song and all that. And, yeah. and it kind of caught on and then Dallas has like started the whole, um, you had a documentary coming on and, and, and part of the, we'll, we'll go into that in a second, but the point I was going to make is that when you're doing those promos and you're first starting it and you start using that song in it, you, see like everybody talks about manifesting things these days about how you need to picture it before it happens and all that. Like, mm-hmm. like you need to imagine it can happen. Like did you, when you're doing this, did you ever think that that was ever going to be possible for no. you to be the hydro you know, fighting no. for the book. No, I never in a million years. All I really wanted to do was just get booked by ICW. Because I remember they had been on my TV at the time, which was like a kind of Snyder Sky channel. It was only like five o'clock in the morning. And I had stopped wrestling. But ICW was getting a major buzz. They were putting on over 18 shows. They were running nightclubs. And I just wanted to be part of it. And I never in a million years did I ever think it would take half the way it did. Um, so the as i say dallas i've, I've told it before dallas saw one of my videos because the story is that another wrestling company was putting on a show in a drossing right which is only two miles from where i live and i was sort of known in my in the area as the wrestling guy and i just i couldn't have a show being put on in a drossing without me being on it right and so i said to the promoter that was running the show in a drossing i says look I really want to be on a show. I know I've no wrestled in a couple of years. I says, but I, I can't have a wrestling show in my area and me no be part of it. And he says, well, look, here's a crack. If you sell me 20 tickets, 20 tickets, I'll get you booked. I says, right, 20 tickets. Mm, I could do that. Sell it to a couple of my pals. What else can I do? I thought, right. Facebook was just kicking off at the time and you could just start uploading videos. I thought, right, well, what I'll do is, I knew I was going to be wrestling Adam Shame. So I thought, right, I'll put a wee video out and it'll just be to to the people that are running about in the area. And I went down to, where did I do it? Outside the, the Coohouse in, in, uh, in Stevenson, in Salkett, sorry. There's an abattoir. And I stood outside there and I cut a promo and an old leotard and basically challenged Adam Shame. And that was only to sell these 20 tickets, of course. What ended up happening was it started to get shared everywhere. Um. I don't even think he checked if I'd sold 20 tickets just for the success of the video. He thought, right, I can book you. And I booked and I had the match. But the the, the promo, I don't know. There wasn't many folk doing my, that style of promo being myself. And Scottish wrestling, any time there was... Pro- ah, there you go, see? Uh, at, at Scottish wrestling, at the time it was still people were doing that. This Saturday, I'm going to see you in that ring, baby. And you know, it's be there it's half past seven. I just in the Civic Centre. It's gonna be the biggest can almost like come on man, copying the what they see on the telly and they're in kind of sort of fake American Scottish accent. For I'm gonna be no how you dafty. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bust you. That's Saturday, get your buddy down there. Can I just vote try and make it your own? And so Dallas saw that video and sent me a wee email and says Mate, do you fancy doing something with ICW? And it was only ever meant to be a skit. It was only ever meant to be a sort of, like, he didn't even promise me a match. I was just going to be a sort of on-screen character on their, their TV channel. Of course, they ended up getting 
one of their shows that they done, I think they had said the word C-U-N-T on the, on the show and it had played just, I think there was like some cut off time with the watershed. And so they got complaints, so they get pulled off the telly. And uh, so there was no telly for me to be on. So I, was, I don't know what the idea was. However, he asked me to do, he asked me to turn up at a show one time. And I was remember it was a, the classic grand. Turned up, done some backstage videos, and again done more YouTube videos, and then it just started to kind of take off for there. Folk were sharing it, and then the next show it was all get Grado booked, and and then that was, and then that led to my debut where I jumped to ring and uh, teamed up with Drew McDonald, who was a wrestler that I absolutely loved as a wee boy because again I loved. I was quite late coming into wrestling. What, how long have you been watching wrestling for? Um, well, I'm 26, so I've been watching it since. I mean. Before, before I was 10 mm. like I was I was I was I was about 11 12 I was quite I was quite late for folk to be in, in the wrestling we had I mean I had I had four brothers right so we used to just have wrestling matches all the time and all that aye and it was like chaos well that's that's what me I done that with my pals and all once we we done the old backyarding me my mate uh, Big Dave Gary Hutton and my pal Hammy and we used to one of my pals Big Dave's Big Dave, he had his his brother had a house and out the back door, we turned the back door into like a wrestling arena. Ken, we had like the the rope off the wall, the gig, run all the four poles. We had a mattress we bought underlay for B and Q, um, and we called it the Swamp Arena. And I used to go out and take my trackies off and wrestle my breeks. And <laughs> I mean, I was I can't remember what I was called. Well, there was there was. There was my group of pals that done that, but then also I used to kind of wrestle in my grand's bedroom and all, which was a bit disturbing when I look back to it. But I just got obsessed with wrestling for that for playing my pals. And and as soon as I saw The Rock, see when I saw The Rock, for he's the man. I didn't even at the start, I didn't even like the wrestling as much. It was The Rock that I loved. I just thought he was the coolest guy ever coming out with the with the people's eyebrow and the, the shirt and the promos. I was obsessed with it. Anyway, what were we talking about there? <laughs> we're talking about how basically you know how you started to become popular sort of thing and how, oh, aye, how did i ever expect aye, it to be i like with, aye. and do you know what's mad about that is the whole story starts off where you just take a chance and that's and it you're, you're try, just try to sell 20 tickets to lose. and you become this sort of and it just sort of seems to steam over the thing there but what you were saying about the just to touch on the whole promo thing about how well, Scottish wrestlers are trying to be American to Scottish people, and, and <laughs> it just doesn't connect. You know, what nah, I mean? that's it. But like, even still, I, I'll see people posting videos with promos and that, and you're like, you're not in America. <laughs> Mate, there's a guy. I saw a guy ICW, and he looks the part, big time. Right, I don't say his name, and I watched his. I watched him. I've, I've saw some of his matches. He looks great. He's built. He's got a good look. But then I watched his promo, and he's going, you know, the I. I'm gonna get you. Kind of like that. I'm going, no, oh, calm down a wee bit. Turn yourself up to 11. Mm-hmm. Try and, and be yourself as much as possible. But because I was, the fans can see through all that. They see Jester, I always thought Jester used to do stuff like that. He would get on the mic and he'd go, you know, what Jester used to be like. He was, you know, he was like a kind of gothic, kind of hardcore. But I always thought it was, I'm Jack Jester. And this. Sorry, at ICW, and I was thought, see, Jester in real life, Jester is one of the funniest folk I know. He legit is. He's, he's hilarious. And I, and I always said to him, I goes, look, you need to just, I think you need to be mere yourself because you're funny. And I'm not saying that's what he done in his 
that's you know that's what he does do. But the stuff that he done with Shah Samuels and the Pinky Party and stuff like that, I think fans got to see the real side of him, and then he connected better with the audience. No, definitely. I think that's what you know. Coming to the SCW shows and that, I'm kind of getting sidetracked to where I was going to go, which is the fact that, and I'll come back to this, but we were talking about. So then it leads up to this documentary that happens over here, right? And one of the things that I've had several people like on the podcast say to me, and just in general, is compare you to like a Scottish Dusty Rhodes. Right? And the common man. And He's just the common a common man. man. Right? And do you know what was crazy about that is the big story going on now in WWE about how Dusty Rhodes won the belt and then it was taken away from him and all that. Mm-hmm. Before you actually won the SCW World title in that documentary, you you won the you technically won the belt Aye. that in the documentary, but it was taken away from you. Aye. And I, I didn't actually to, to think of that. It's so weird that that is the Did same you know thing. Did you not know that? Well, because I I'd, I had known that that happened to me, but I never clicked the same thing happened to Dusty Rhodes. Aye. And then when you realise that, you go, "Wow, he really is a Scottish Dusty Rhodes." Aye. So what do you make of that comparison? Like, um, how do you feel about that? Well, D- Dusty Rhodes, I love right. And I must admit, I didn't watch a lot of Dusty Rhodes growing up, but it was Billy Kirkwood that first said you could be the Scottish Dusty Rhodes. And then when I go back and watch Dusty Rhodes matches, I love it. It's just the way he bounces about the ring. He's, you know, he's built like a loaf of breed, a bit like myself, but it's his timing and I, because you're, you're watching him going, he was wrestling guys at the time, you know, um, Randy Savage and Rick Rude and all the rest of it who are built. But he just had that connection to the crowd because he was, and probably, and probably the way he spoke, you know, he had that southern accent and all, which a lot of American wrestling fans, a lot of them were fae, the, the southern states, and he had the twang and he never changed his accent. So I think a lot of folk believed he was real. And a lot mm-hmm. of what I was doing was, was was me just being real. And, you know, I'd be, I'd admit, you know, I'd, I wasn't the best wrestler about, you know, uh, you know, I never done any kind of promos where I, Obviously, as I say, everything I've ever done was just like me turned up to 11. So I can see the comparisons there. He's a son of a plumber, I'm a son of a taxi driver. You know what I mean? And he didn't do a lot of moves and all, but, and, and, but the way he would move about the ring and he's the flip-flop and fly, you know, the, the way, he, the way he, would, he would strike folk. I, I love it and I always try to kind of um, take as much as what I can for, for old Dusty Rhodes. But I, I can see where there'd be comparisons to him. Because you, I mean, see, so what I was saying about going to the ICW shows and stuff mm-hmm. is that I noticed how, so obviously there's a big kind of new crowd of wrestlers these days. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was, my dad was telling me a story about this and I thought I thought I would mention him because, uh, do you know what's funny is, I asked my dad for a lot to every podcast, right? Hi. And he's like, well, why don't I come pick you up this time? <laughs> and I was like, you, you never want to come pick me up? I'm like, well... You know, maybe we meet Gredo or not, you know, like is he coming here early. He's, he's under the table, mate. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Is he is is a wrestling fan? Well, because well, I think the story that he was telling me was he remembers watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. And what one did he watch? Did he see the BBC man or the British wrestler? It, that's a good question. Because that was that was the deal. The British wrestler was the, was the first one in mm-hmm. 2012 where nobody wanted to touch it. And none uh, of the wrestlers were, were, they were scared about like, um, exposing the business and making wrestling look daft. Whereas I hadn't to lose. I was like, I don't care. You can come to my house. Come and see my um, wrestling posters in my room. Come and see, you know, like how much I love wrestling and all the kind of stuff that I had done and telling all my stories about how I used to pester all the wrestlers on AOL chat and MSN. I was like, bring it on. And I'm so glad that, that I did do it. 
Aye. And then, uh, of course, we've done the Vice documentary, which is still up just now. And then uh, BBC, or should I say, it wasn't the BBC, it was actually Muriel Gray's company, IWC. Uh, her and, um, oh my God, her in, uh, oh, she's never going to see this, why did I forget her name right now? That's so annoying. Anyway, they uh, pitched it to, to BBC to, to basically do their own version of the British wrestler, which then become became Insane Fight Club. It it would have been it would have been the one in your house because he, he referenced a a, a a specific point where he, he wasn't even really that into wrestling. He didn't know mm. much about it, but he was watching it and he, and right away he was like, ah, "This guy like, just you're in your house and you're just talking about stuff, right?" Mm. And he's like, "This guy is going to be something, man. He's got something with it." Yeah. And my dad honestly doesn't say that about Aaron, man. Aye. And he was like to me, "I can't believe you get having your podcast, man." So oh, that's so, good. So um, right away, like even as somebody that. Was it, so he's not he wasn't a wrestling fan, right? But mm. right away you were already drawing people in that weren't even you know. Well, that's what the, that's what the documentary done because I feel as if it wasn't a wrestling documentary. It was a it was a Scottish. It was a story about a group of Scottish boys that had a dream about putting on big wrestling shows and making it as big as what they can, and so. The story really wasn't for me a wrestling story. It was just, it was me like the West of Scotland, the pals just gone for it, no being fear, taking risks, taking, just taking every opportunity they can. So that's that's what Insane Fight Club done. There was folk that had no experience of watching wrestling or that. I went to come to these shows. It's like my brother, he hates wrestling. He absolutely Your brother hates, hates wrestling. He man. hates wrestling, man. That's he, a crime, man. He, 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 he hates it and he, he used to hate coming to our shows like I would do. Uh, you know, the shows that we do in Toon Halls and stuff like that, I go, I just can't believe some of you come out in your pants in front of Wayne's <laughs> and walk about. And then see me actually when he says that, you kind of go, are you right? That is a bit kind of, <laughs> kind of I mean? But he, <laughs> but he would go to ICW shows and he would say, it's like going to the football. Because folk would, folk would, the ICW shows back in the day, they would, they would go for something to eat with their pals. They would go to the boozer and then go to the wrestling and just chant all night and get right into it. And I, it was just, that's the likes that your father probably saw that. I know it wasn't the wrestling, but it was just seeing a group of boys gone for it, full pelt. But that to me, in a bigger sense, is what wrestling actually is. It's about personalities. It's, mm -hmm. it's about connecting with folk. Aye. Because it's not, because it's like, it's not like you, like UFC kind of take, it took away the idea that it was, you know, like a, a proper fight. Mm. And I hate using the word fight because I've been in the ring. I know it's mm. hurts like fuck, you know what I mean? So it's not, it doesn't feel... It's not a trampoline you're landing on, isn't it? And do you know what's funny is, is in my head, do you know what I've always thought to myself, right? Is why isn't that a trampoline? Like, as in, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, why we all know it's... Aye, like, aye. Why, why, like, see, if, it, like, if everyone knows it, it's like... Mm. Could you not just sell more and have it be a bit softer? No, nah, but it's, I tell you what, but but there is, once you get into it, right, I love bumping and I love the feeling that it gives you. I know that sounds daft and that's one of the things I miss about wrestling all the time was, it's funny because some of the wrestlers flag you, but I like to see when you, you're waking up the next day after the, you've, you've you've wrestled and it's there. It's a good feeling for some reason. I don't know why, but I see when you've got that walk, your your legs are sore and your, your hips... <laughs> Don't run that in too much, man. Talk to the guy that would you? Uh, <laughs> you could take a steel chair shot, can't you? Know, across could, the dome. Buzzing for That's it. Buzzing for it. <laughs> Throw me off a cell at a table or something. I'll, I'll do it. I said to Dallas, the first time I met Dallas was uh, doing that challenge thing, and I said to him, like, I will do 
anything to get books. <laughs> Put me through a table on a fire. I'll do it. Aye, have, you, have you ever done actually on a show? So he, well, well um, I, w- when I've been doing the training and stuff like that, I've been training with uh, Barry Wolfgang. I, he's American, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just won the NXT tag team titles. And, oh, that's um, cool. He's a man, bro. He's the best. I can't believe I just said his real name on the podcast. <gasps> uh, what, breaking the fourth wall. Here. Oh, come on. Um, but you know what you're saying about bumping, man? It was so strange because I, so wrestling was something that I thought I could never do, right? Uh, and I always wanted to try it because basically what I do, because you're probably thinking, well, how, how, does it, how does it work? Right? I crawl, like, so, so. How do, do, do you lock, can you lock up with somebody? I, so everybody crawls and walks. I just kept on crawling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this crippled spider, man. That's the way I like to put it. That's a gimmick. Uh, uh, could be a gimmick, you know. Aye. Do you know, he said, I've got several poses, right? And uh, Wolfgang was like, to me, you could go, they could get Triple H and be like, the, the, the cerebral, cerebral assassin. <laughs> the cerebral assassin. It's <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. Um, well, that's, do, do you look to folk like, I know, like, so like Zach Gowan, have you ever thought about speaking to him on your podcast or has he inspired you? Because if there's folk listening, he's a wrestler, he's got, well, he's got one leg, isn't he? Well, see, the thing is, I, he it was cool seeing him at the time, and people have said that to me, right? But I just didn't, because I, cause I knew that for me it would have to be on my knees. Mm. I just didn't think it was going to be, you know, I knew that I could, I don't know, I can move a bit about in that, but I just didn't think it was going to be a thing that I could even try. Mm-hmm. And then I kept saying it to people, so like uh, um, Jack Jesser would come in and Wolfgang came in, and I was like, here, what I get is, what right. I get is in the ring, get so, see if we can try this out. And honestly, mate, like, See, taking the first few bumps, I thought I would be purely like, ah, but I was like, let's do that again. You know, I was like, right, right away, I was just like hooked on it. And, and, yes, um, and I started, I really started watching more of your, your promos and stuff because I was like, I obviously I'm not going to be able to go and have like a cup I go type wrestling match or whatever, right? but I can bump about and if I can talk well, then I can do something. Well, know, see, the thing is, there's uh, for me, wrestling, I love when it's got everything, and so. Your wrestling would sort of be a kind of, what would you say, like a, like a, an, an attraction almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's you. You know, you're when you you, you mentioned Zach Gowen, but see, to be honest, because I remember, because I remember, like, like sort of speaking as Zach Gowen, I remember folk. I remember say folk, my mum going, "What's that? Is that wrestling only got one leg?" And it, 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 it interested her for for her to see how's how's that going to work out. Mm-hmm. So there's also there's that like how how would it work out for you? Well, exactly. I mean, which is you know because there would be psychology to it, wouldn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But th- that to me, that to me is he wrestled tall. <laughs> that would be that would be box office stuff. I feel like. Aye. But I mean, it's that the whole that's the whole point of it really because you're talking about like that girl in that. But what I'm saying is like see the way that you connect with the mm-hmm. you kind of connected with the people in a way that Aye. there was a sense of like. If he can do it, I can do it because he's like me, right. right? And that's kind of what I'm trying to do for people with this wise. I'm like, if I can have one wrestling match, do you know what I mean? Aye. And and don't get me wrong, I want to have more than one wrestling match, right? Once it starts, it won't stop. But the point is, is that the idea of me actually being able to do it mm. opens up that door for somebody, just something that we should, I think, I could do Aye. this maybe. Aye. I could do this. And, and and then, like, also, and as well as that, there's other, I mean, see, when I was young, I just wanted to be involved in wrestling, whether it be a wrestler, a ring announcer, a manager, a referee. So there's, as well as, you know, if, if your wheelchair, obviously, if it held you back, there's plenty of other stuff in there as well. A bad guy in a wheelchair. 
fingering about the ring, zooming about the ring, managing somebody. Do you know how to have uh, that? That sounds. I could do that. I could, aye. Because it's. Do you know the thing is about. The thing is, right, see, for yourself, mm. right? I, I didn't even mean that. For you, <laughs> for you and like every other wrestler, right? You can't really mention anything about disability because it's kind of like. Folk are folk, folk get nervous running about it. Whereas and, I can. So there's hundred things aye. that I can say that, that I've never been said before. Do you know what I mean? I aye. can't be like that. Like, um, I've always imagined, like, uh, I've always had this heat thing in my head when I come out to the crowd, right? And I would be like, um, right, so, you know, <laughs> like, I, I would just, I would start off as if I was being good to them and all that, like, it's good to see you all night. And, um, they're external expecting. Yeah, like, you are all, all obviously, you know, feel inspired by me and all this. And it's like, but see, sometimes, you know, looking at you tonight, seeing the faces in the crowd, I think to myself, it could be a lot worse than being in the booth, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Swerve. I just something like that. People, would, people would just be like, boo. Aye. You know, I, and they wouldn't be expecting it. And they'll expect it now that I've said that. Fuck it. But this is the thing. Don't get away too much. There's, there's so many things in my head that I'm going, I would, I would love to do Aye. that. Especially the manager thing. Because to, to me, it's like, um, you get if you can get involved in it somehow. Because my, my biggest thing for me is going to be being able to just get the microphone and say something that's going to yeah. connect with the crowd in some way which I th and you were talking about like psychology and stuff right yeah. I feel like that's kind of uh, in modern day wrestling lost a wee bit in terms of everything's so fast it's like somebody that's sells me. something here like so, what is no mate tell me about it tell me about it and it's no I mean I like the fast paced wrestling right I, I like watching the uh, Osprey and Ricochet right but I can't have it all night I still no. need to have two big Massive, like so, like folk were slagging our night, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, because they go, oh, it's two big guys, it's going to be slow. I love all that. I love that two big, two big beefcakes belting each other. I love it. I think that's incredible. That's still to me. Asked that. That to me is wrestling more than what the, the. I mean, as I say, I still enjoy it, but I still love two big guys going for it. No kind of shit out of one there. Mate, it's about like I think it's just about having two guys that it's like a or two women that's like. There's, there's there's something there where every every move matters because the crew's invested in mm -hmm. it. There's too many big there's too many matches where you watch it where all that stuff is happening, but it doesn't really mean it. Like, no, there's no there's nothing behind the story. There's no you know the crowd's not going with. It, and that's that's what it's kind of lost. I mean, not. Oh, you're it's, right. You're you're right. You, you see it every week on telly where there's like big moves. You go, hey, that should be it. That's a finish. You're not going to get any better than that. And then they do something else, which then buries what they originally did in the first place because they've, they've went on too long and they've mm. done something else. There's nothing better than selling. I love it. It's the best feeling in the world. See, I, 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 write, I, I, I write good match where you're taking heat and you're selling, you're trying to get the crowd on your feet and the sympathy and the crowds build them up and then the, the good guy battles you down and you're back to square one. And there's honestly, there's no better feeling in the world. You, using the rope to, go, to move yourself about the ring getting chopped I honestly think there's no better there's no better feeling in the world and then when the time comes for you to have your, your comeback in your day you know show some show some fire and the crowd are right for you that's brilliant and you can only get that if if you're if you're doing in the ground and you're in jeopardy so when the time is right for you to, you, to, to hit the moves and the crowd are on your feet there's such a buzz Think about how easy that would be to do with somebody in a wheelchair. You'd be like, poor guy's <laughs> fucked, isn't he? He's absolutely <laughs> But like, there's a couple of questions for the here, right? That, I would, right? that Just from what you were saying, that you were talking about how that's what you miss about wrestling is that feeling of, you know, 
just the crowds behind you and the adrenaline rush must be crazy when that song hits, man. Because mm-hmm. even when I was the last that show you a few, like quite a few months ago now, it was like you were still the most over guy. Yeah, it was like that great. Those Such a song, isn't like, it? It's just, it's not it's even it, maybe it was a song at the start, but it's I think it's more to do with you uh, and the way that you are, and people are like because it's like uh, it's like a it's like when I know a guy feel like the attitude that comes out, and you're uh, like, oh, that was the that reason it is that because that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, you said about how you kind of you stepped away from being like a full time performer and that mm-hmm. right? is how. Have you found that difficult to because for so long it's been it's been your biggest passion right? and and now you've got all sorts of things going on. Mm-hmm. Was it a difficult thing to be like this is no longer going to be my full activity? It's not as difficult as because I was used to going away Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When I wrestled in TNA, I'd maybe do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then get a flight to Orlando and day four or five days there, land back in Glasgow. And then go on day, my Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or the UK. And then my life's completely changed now because I'm a dad now. And so it's like, like, so like this weekend, I'm looking, I mean, being a dad's the best thing in the world. It's amazing, right? But I'm on Facebook trying to find, a, uh, what was it? I was going to go to the morning or something, the Heads of Air Farm, to go and see um, Coco Melon. It's a Wayne thing. There's gonna there's gonna be something to air the morrow where they, they dress up as the characters of Coco Melon. And I'm trying to get tickets for it. And I'm sometimes I sit and go, I do love this, but you know, a couple of years ago I'd be jumping in a motor to pick Jester up to go to Inverness to come back down to then wrestle in Manchester on Saturday night to to go somewhere else in the on the Sunday completely and, and also at the same time doing it with a lot of my heroes because the time when I was wrestling in the UK, I was getting put on shows with guys that I watched growing up heroes of mine and I was spending time with them becoming pals and pals them still to this day so and every week it was a constant buzz a constant feeling I like as you say when that music hit, hits I never ever get tired of it I really never, never and it, it didn't matter if it was in if I was in Beef Community Centre or if I was wrestling for TNA in Wembley or ICWSECC still such an amazing feeling so it is hard now for me to go, oh, I'm not going to be doing that this weekend. I'm not going to be doing that this, this weekend. I'm going to be spending time with my family and more worried about what I'm going to be having for dinner on the Saturday night to feed, you know, two wains and my missus. So it is difficult, but I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not enjoying it, but it is it's different. It's different. I'm doing the radio Monday to Friday, which keeps me gone. But of course, I still do miss that. I do miss the feeling of, like... When I wrestled in TNA, man, I was because I was going back and forth that often. I was getting the lounge, the BA lounge, because I was getting points. And I forget one time I turned up to put my bags in, and I'd done a couple of loops going to uh, the TNA in America. And the, the lassie says, "You've got access to the lounge now." She says, "What? What do you mean?" She says, "Ah, you've got the bar." Remember going in and sitting doing all these folk suits on my tracky tap, my flip flops on. I'm sitting going, "Well, that bevy's for nothing." I can help myself to a packet of Chris, the deer Chris, I know, to the kid, mature cheddar ones, the kettle ones. Sitting there just going, wow, this is what I do for a job. Then it became like, it's funny, but because you then do it that often and then it becomes a burden. I remember one time being, I went down to, I went a wee day out, down to see the, I like planes, right? I went down to Haddington to see the plane museum. I was seeing Concord and I was seeing old British Airways planes and stuff like that. And I was going, oh, I can't believe I need to go to Florida tomorrow. Can be bothered, you know what I mean? Because I was doing it that often, Aye. but um, when you stop doing that, it's like, oh no, what? Eh? 
And when I turned out, obviously now, because I had to go down to London a couple of weeks ago for some BBC thing. Um, it was like celebrating 100 years of BBC. And I remember like turning up. And obviously because I've no done my, my wrestling in America, all my BA points is all back to like nothing now. So I was like silver. Now I'm down to like blue, which is like the, but practically nothing. You know, you don't get so much as like a free drink of the plane or anything like that. And I'm going, oh, what, man? Bang a day, man. I'd be right up in the lounge getting here four hours before my flight so I could get tanked up to go down the plane. Okay, I was saying? Aye, aye. What happened to <laughs> them? What happened? I always remember, you know, Billy Corgan, that's funny you say that. You remember, you remember Billy Corgan for the Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah, I think so. Right, he was like a big 90s rock star. And the Smashing Pumpkins, you ever heard the song? The world is a vampire. Yeah, yeah, I heard that song. Smile on my face. Right, I loved him. Anyway, he was involved in TNA. Mm -hmm. He was... He uh, runs the NWA. He runs the NWA, you're right. But he was, for a time he was running NWA and he'd take a right liking to me. Right, I don't know what it was, but... Out of me, he kind of took me under his wing and he would we would go for dinner together after shows and stuff like that. And always funny, you, you say what happened. Big, big, massive star in the 90s. I feuded with Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, used to go with, what'd you call her? Who was it used to go with Kurt Cobain? Courtney Love. Courtney Love. I, it's funny, I done that there, I knew you'd say that in there, big man. Courtney Love, right? I went out for dinner one night. It was me, Billy Corgan, Abyss, Jeremy Borash, and we were in this uh, casino where we had just wrestled. We'd wrestled in somewhere called Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And we are sitting having a cut of drinks and Billy's there, and this guy just walked up and went, Billy Corgan? The Smashing Pumpkins? And he went, yeah. What happened? What happened? And he was mortified because he's hanging about with us, jabronis at this boozer. This guy's recognised him for, for the 90s. And you've just said it to me. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I know I feel exactly the way Billy Cordy felt that day, man. I fronted. What happened, man? Oh, my God. Catch me in the Gorado Breakfast Show. <laughs> Monday to Friday. Oh, my God. I know. But you know what? I had fun doing it. It was the best, man. I was turning up, going to America and sharing our locker room with Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy and not, and every one of them, they did, they did all, they liked me because you get wrestlers, you know, me and Davey Blaze always joke about when wrestlers come out, you know, it's always the same part that they hear. How was your flight, sir? Did you have a good, safe flight over, sir? And what do you want to do tonight, sir? What do you want to do tonight, sir? And like, I, I was always different. I'd always just get up to him and just, you know, what are you saying, Tat? Like macaroni? What? And get just something daft to kind of break the ice. Yeah. And the amount of relationships I ended up like building with some of these these wrestlers that, that I grew up watching was brilliant. And you, I miss it. You, I mean, you named some big names there, right? I did, man. And it, Clang. <laughs> and maybe when I ask, like... It's just annoying that I keep drinking water. No. There's one thing that I hate about watching podcasts and interviews when folks start... Start drinking water and making noises. <laughs> and now I'm doing it too. You say it right before you take a sip of water. I know, I know, I'm just realising what I'm doing. But at least you, I feel as if I'm more comfortable now, by the way. I feel as if I was rusty at the start, but... No, I, I've got, you know, I've got an egg for that. I make people, like, make people relaxed. There's fully wheelchair jokes in it. You feel the ice has been broken. You know, Aye. You can stop chowing out because I've made... That, that did I, help. I've made you the elephant in the room so you can relax now. Mate. So, Aye. Like, <laughs> I, feel as if, I feel as if we could talk about anything now. Exactly. We were speaking of talking about anything, right? Aye. You mentioned Bobby, like Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar earlier, and I couldn't help but think about you being, I, like, just remember seeing you in the TNA ring with Bobby Lashley. I know, man. Right? And do you know what, Stephen, I was like a wee guy, right? I used to be pure watching wrestling, even at this day, a wee bit where you're like, I know that, I know now that, like, it's not like Kane or anything, people like that. 
the idea of like being in a ring, just being in a ring with a big giant guy, like, and you go, I know that he's not going to try and kill me, but he could. Mm. <laughs> he <laughs> could, by the way. <laughs> he I mean? could. Like, what was going through your head there? When I was when I wrestled Bobby Lashley, I, like it must have been. I, I would. What I'm trying to say is, in my head, I would have been a bit. I would have been a little mm. bit like, I don't know if I would have done this. You know what I mean? Oh well, we it was me and Robbie, Robbie Fatiani. It was a two. It was a handicap match, I think. No, but that was a promo, wasn't it? He gave me the spear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that looked- how did I feel? I was just buzzing, man. Just telling <laughs> my pals and what. That's that's what I used to get a kick out of. Is when I'd maybe been in America and, I, and I'd go out to the boys in the group chat. You just remember Bobby Lashley? Aye, aye, aye. I'm wrestling him tonight. Yeah, but fuck off. That's the way you're wrestling Bobby Lashley. I go, aye. Well, you've, you, I mean, you've wrestled some people that have went on to main event WrestleMania and all that. I know. Big, Big Drew. Big Drew. That must have been so to see that. Drew was, Drew was one of the best. He literally was one of the best wrestlers. I wrestled him in, uh, in, in TNA as well. So I did, um, which was good because it was a kind of warm-up to us wrestling at the SECC. But he he was a man. So he was absolute man. I'm trying to think of other wrestlers that I have wrestled that I feel as if I've never mentioned before the podcast. What what is like your what is your personal favourite wrestling match that you've ever actually been a part of? Probably the, the Drew one is up there, but in terms of Do you know what? Do you, see this guy that's in the wrestling now, LA, LA Knight? Aye, aye, so aye. he was Eli Drake in TNA. Did you know that? No, I know. Aye, aye. So I had matches with him he's, that I loved. Really, he's brilliant. By the way. He's brilliant. And by the way, I always said to folk, he is going to be a star. I, I'd, honestly, Sha Samuels, he goes, he texted me a couple of weeks ago. He goes, you were the, he says, you says he's going to be a star. He goes, and he's the best thing on the wrestling now. And he is. But he, me and him had a feud and it was brilliant. Uh, and everybody hated him backstage. He was just a guy like he's just he's just full of his own shit, right? Just thinks he's a man. But I I, I really liked him. And um we done a we done a storyline where uh it was a feast or fired. You I can't remember the exact details of it, but I ended up picking a suitcase as part of a stipulation. Oh no, I, I took the suitcase off during a match, and once it was revealed, it was revealed that I was fired. So I get sacked for TNA and storyline, but I came back as Odarg the Great. Did you know that storyline? No, no I, I, I've, I've, I've like seen bits of it, but so that's uh, that's the story, I right? Tr- I've tried to hate you the time because of the whole. Well, because I was a bad guy. Because <laughs> oh, I was one for TNA. I, I was like, I spoke because this guy hated it. They did, which I, I, I get. It was cool at the time because ICW was this underground, mm-hmm. like over 18s, like you know, fuck a system, that type of deal. And TNA was like the most hated company on the planet. At that time, but Could right? I say no, but uh, no, come you on. You couldn't have it. Like, yeah, look like, at it. like, in hindsight, you couldn't say no. But see, at the time, man, I was like, I can't believe this guy. I can. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, how could I turn down going to America and wrestling and, you know, getting paid for it? The money was all right as well at the time. In fact, when I say, when I, and do you know what? When I speak about money, it wasn't even really about the money. It took me about eight months for them to pay me. For the first time, because TNA had that whole deal where, like, um, wrestlers were only getting paid, and I remember like Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, after a couple of months of me wrestling the TNA, and he was like, uh, "Hey, uh, are you having uh, any money issues? A lot of the boys have got money issues." I goes, "Money issues? I think I've been fucking paid for this yet." <laughs> I mean, I and he goes, "What do you mean?" I goes, "I, I just have no. I was having that much fun because I was working in the fire brigade at the time as well." Work taking in any nine calls. So I had that as like my, my income. And uh, it took for him to go, What are you talking about? You better, you owed money. 
And so it did, it took for like, me to go, by the way, I don't think news have paid me yet. I've been here for January, it's now August. <laughs> what? Seriously? What? Right? That can't be, like, that can't be right. Aye, it was that, that was, and I know the best thing I know is, but it's because they, they, um, they signed me to a contract in January and they said, look, we'll pay you $1,300 a month. Let me rewind that back a wee bit. In fact, they had phoned me up, right? Jeremy Borash, who was the, the ring announcer at the time, he says, by the way, TNA are going to phone you tomorrow. They're going to offer you a contract. I was like, what? I'm going to offer a contract to wrestle in America. He says, aye. <clears throat> the next day, I got a phone call from, um, what do you call him, Bob? Bob Ryder, who's deed now, unfortunately. Uh, he phoned me up and he went, why are you smiling? When I see these just the way, just the way you said it. I Why is that like, funny? It was the most casual thing. It was like, Bob, I didn't. Have you got that nervous thing that when somebody mentions somebody's deed? <laughs> no, because I've just, got that. I mean, I just, just like, see these deed now, and you just smirked and started to your laugh. You know, How dare you? No, could you? <laughs> can't we, we, we need to this out. <laughs> no, no, we're keeping this in. We are keeping this in because I need to address this. There's nothing worse, I think, when you're having a conversation with somebody and somebody mentions that somebody's past. Do you know? I think it's amazed. I tell you what, it's like one a ones. I can't control it. It's like I've, I've, I've bumped into my pals in the past and I'll go, How are you doing? It was happening. And I'll go, How's your old papa? <laughs> yeah, he's dead. It's a nervous it's thing. Like, could you, like, I don't know what to, I can't even bring him back to life. So, what did I say to this? Mm. What did I say to this news? But especially the way that you just said it, like, you didn't say, like, oh, it was a great guy, I'm missing peace. You said, you said to that one, okay, cool, moving on. <laughs> moving on. He's dead. Um, he was a lovely guy, by the way. Okay. He was? No, I believe it. I believe it. But I've got a nervous thing. I know. I hate to you're getting me. You're, you're you all good. Oh, the place, yeah. Um, oh, man, I remember I met somebody not that long ago and it was. She was telling hey, me. That she, just, that she just lost her man and all that. And, and it's not funny at all. But just that, this, this, it, it gets to me. I have that nervous thing where I just feel as if I need to. I, I want to bust out laughing. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. See, when we do a wrestling podcast and all, when wrestling daft, see, anytime we go, we start talking about a wrestler that's passed away. I have to edit it because I'm like, I, it. And I don't know what it is. It's a horrible thing that I've got. But anyway, what was I saying? So I, uh, Bob, who's sadly no longer with us, um, he phoned me up and went, you want to move to, you ready to go to America? You ready to move to America? I was like, yes, haha, yes. He says, we'll pay you $1,300 a month. And then if you wrestle, we'll pay you $500 per match. Now at the time, TNA were only putting on like, like I'd say once a month. And uh, the way he was working out, I'm going, well, how much is it cost to get a flat in America? I had a job in the fire brigade. I thought, I can't do this. I can't move to America, like, for this money. Because, like, the cheapest at the time you were getting for somebody to live was, like, $1,000 a month. So it was leading me $300 to whip, to do me for the rest. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and I had a girlfriend at the time, so it was like, and I had the full-time job at the fire brigade, which my, my mum and my dad at the time were like, there's no way you're getting up the fire brigade to go and do this wrestling thing when you don't know her because it was only like maybe like a one-year contract um but what i did there was because i was desperate for it i says well here's the deal i goes instead of you paying me thirteen hundred dollars a month right what today is whenever you need me take that thirteen hundred dollars and put it for my flight right and mm -hmm. pay my flight over and then the match the fee that i get for the match is the fee that I get for the match, the $500. Do, do you get, do you understand that? Uh, yeah, and he went, well, let me go away and I'll, 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 I'll see if we can work something out. 
eventually it couldn't work out any better. He says, Do you know what? He says, Never even mind about the they, they taking the money out your 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 uh, for your flight. He says, We'll just pay you that anyway, thirteen hundred dollars a month. And then any any extra matches that you get will pay you five hundred pounds tap of that. Um and we'll fly you whenever they need you. So it was gas. I could still keep my job and still. But the problem was, they never paid me for like the first eight months because I was and I was enjoying it that much that I didn't even bother to chase it up. Uh, um, but I did eventually uh, get get it sorted out. Having the time of your life, mate. There's, I was, there's, man. There's a couple of things that I want to. So having the dream, I was. <laughs> I want to. Uh, so basically, first of all, talking about America, I seen a picture of you years ago and we see M Punk, right? Oh, and I was like, uh, what? So you obviously were like, a tag team with Coca Cabana. And this was, was at a time where they were, they were still... I'll tell you that. Have you, do you know what's sort of about me meeting CM Punk? Uh, I, do you? No, I, Are I you just saying this for the purposes of your I, podcast? Well... <laughs> Be honest. I, I genuinely don't. And right. that's, why I'm, that's why I'm mentioning that's it. Like, so the sponsor for this episode is Lab Solutions, who are a property maintenance company that's actually run by my brother. And listen, I might be a better looking than him, but he's a great guy. <laughs> and you should go and check out everything he does because he's one of the hard, hardest working people I know. And I'm always making sure that anyone that sponsors this podcast has the same intentions as me and it's coming from a good place and he definitely is one of the hardest workers I know. He will take care of everything you need just in, in all those type of areas and I just want you to make sure that go and check him out. Make sure that you, anything you contact Michael about he'll be sure to help you and give you the best service that you need. And like I said, he's one of the best guys I know. They're one of the best companies to be involved in so go check them out. Lamp Solutions and enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, uh, Coke Cabana, hero, loved him. He was a man, of course, we brought him over. He was involved in the documentary and something I don't like about vaping and having a Stone Island jacket on, so I feel as if I'm... Cliché. I'm a children's entertainer here, come on. Nice. Um, get the badge in, mate. Uh, get the badge I know, dude, you were going to say this, you know, what if he's going to say get the badge in, I was watching it, and the way this podcast is filmed, it goes, oh, we will get the badge in. <laughs> Some sort. Anyway, um... What was I saying, right? So Coke Cabana, he, he had done two documentaries, right? It was called Wrestling Road Diaries, where he, the first one was him and Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and him touring America and following him in a documentary, and it was amazing. Then he done the second one, it was with Luke Gallows and I can't remember the other wrestler, right? But the third one he went It wasn't Carol Anderson, it wasn't he? This was before they were a tag team. The third one was, um, he wanted to call it Wrestling Road Diaries 3, Funny equals money, and it was just going to book comedy wrestlers. So he booked me and Kikitaro, a Japanese comedy wrestler who's amazing, right? He's hilarious, right? Kikitaro. And so he booked me to come over and wrestle on a Friday night in Chicago, Saturday night in St. Louis, Missouri, and Sunday night in Cleveland, Ohio. So we get to uh, Chicago, flies me over, and uh, the first night, right, we're in uh, Chicago his hometown and of course I'm giving it his best pals with Punk at the time I'm like you're saying Punk man we're going to go to St. Punk's house he's like he's then UFC training in Minnesota or something like that right which it was at the time because there was a UFC fight coming up I was like oh what man I was like Pff. I was like why I meet Punk I thought was good. you were going to get me to meet Punk he was like no 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 so we go to this show in Chicago and it's a tag team match it's me and Coke Cabana versus this other tag team, <laughs> can't remember their name. And uh, they've got a manager, right? But the manager's in like a bodysuit with a mask on, right? And he's backstage and he does that. Remember, he used to that school, old Jed Slap, 
right? Aye. Thought we'd do that, right? He done it. This guy never even introduced himself. He's wearing a mask. He's wearing his gear. This is like six o'clock at night before the, the doors have even even opened. Why is this guy in his ring gear? So he goes like that to me, and that's when I'm like, you then? You know that way? I was kind of like, the fuck's you then? I was like, what, you then? And he's gone. And he wasn't speaking. And I'm going, who's that staff day? Right? So we're planning the match. And again, he's doing things like putting his finger in my ear. And I'm like, I had to give on. I'm like, mate, am I going to have to punch this guy or something? Like, like is he bullying me or something? Because it was getting embarrassing. You know the way there was like other wrestlers and he's like walking by me and going, Ken, like, I just slap my head. I'm going, I'm getting bullied here. I'm a wee victim. I was like, I'm going to need to end up hitting this guy and he'll probably end up doing me. So, and I'm like, why is he even involved in this match? Why is he the manager to this tag team? It's so random. So we have the match. He gets involved, does something, come back again. And I'm like, why did that mask guy even need to be involved in this match? So we get ready. We get our gear sorted to get ready to go to drive to the next tune, which was St. St. Louis. And, uh, he goes, he jumps in the motor and he goes, oh, by the way, I need to pick something up for CM Punk's house. I was like, you're joking. He's like, I need to pick up a, a message for him. I need to pick something up for DPD or whatever it's called over there. FedEx, how can I forget that? And um, so I was like, oh, I'm buzzing. I'm like, I'm going to CM Punk's house. And I was like, what? I think I'll be able to get lit in his room. And he's like, you see all his wrestling gear and all the kind of see if he's getting a belt slider, but kind of like that, I'm always like that. And uh, we turn up to his house. This big massive like 1800s flat chicago flat massive like four or five stories and we get in in his house we get up the stair and there's a guy lying in the couch wearing the mask and all the gear and he takes it off and it's cm punk <laughs> no way and it was cm punk the, it was him there was the whole time it was there was cm punk the whole time and that crowd in Chicago, there's only maybe about 200, 300 folk there. Bear in mind, Punk hadn't been in the WWE, hadn't done any indie appearances. He had done an indie show without anybody ever known to ban me up. <laughs> right, <laughs> class, mad. right? That's so, so mad, That's mental. So they get their action of me going, holy, I'm in CM Punk's house. We sit down, we have a conversation. We see M Punk, I'm just getting on with him like a house on fire. We get amazing footage, right? Amazing footage because this is Punk on an indie. He's with Grado, who was like quite hot on the indie scene at the time. Like, this is going to be tremendous. Of course, did CM Punk and Coke Cabana know fall out about a month later? Oh, which right. meant that Cabana couldn't use the footage. Oh. Can he use the footage for the indie show? Can he use the footage for me being in his house? I was devastated, man, because it would have been brilliant. But I mean, it was, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, I get such a good rub off it. The rub, do you know what the rub is like in wrestling? The I rub is like, you know, that. when somebody gives you. You're giving me it by being here. So I was getting the rub off punk because like the next day he tweeted, it's your cell. Right? Oh, really? And I was like, it's the best thing ever. I remember seeing that. Too, right? That was the day after I was in his house. Because in my head, I'm going, how the fuck did they get it? Aye. So I was in his house. But um, of course, Cabana and CM Punk ended up having a megaphone out and he couldn't use the footage, which, all, which kills me. Are you still pals with Cabana? Aye, aye. As he's one of the ones that only, he, reach, he reaches out to me more than I reach out to him. He's always like, you need to stay in contact. I think I've got this thing now where I don't contact the wrestlers 
that um because like there's like anytime there's a tna tape and there's one of the production guys eric tompkins he's always facetiming me and all that to kind of and it, but he facetimes me when they're all blazing they're all mad with it and i'm like i can't be fucked like so you know what i mean because he feels <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. he's doing boys Aye, but, um, that, that was a good one about meeting um punk but ever tell you about the time i met hogan or not no. Do I know about that? I yeah, was right. So, um, as in a Hulk Hogan? <laughs> uh, as in a Hulk, still the big man himself. Mm. So, I'm with, I'm, I'm booked for um, WrestleMania weekend at that WrestleCon carry on right where you sign autographs all day and there's a show at night. So, you're there for the Friday, the Saturday, Sunday. It's brilliant because there's just thousands of wrestling fans and the wrestling fans will buy it, buy anything, right? So, again, I saw these lit trips as a holiday, right? I did. I was, I was like, I'm going to WrestleMania weekend, right? You wrestle the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Mania. Most of the wrestlers who are in WWE don't go to it, which I done three WrestleMania weekends, and I never once went to, I never once went to the actual show. Um, but one of the weekends I had, I was hanging about with Jeff Jarrett because he was back in TNA at the time, and so we would do our signings during the day, do our matches, and at night we'd get together, go for something to eat. I remember one night we went to something, we went, went to, went for something to eat. It was me, Jeff Jarrett, JR was there. We had Bill Goldberg's agent who was like, he kind of cornered me and was going, you remind me of James Corden. You remind me of James Corden. I'm telling you, the, you're the next big thing. You remind me of James Corden. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get signed off Bill Goldberg's, Bill, Bill Goldberg's agent. Anyway, that never came in that. <laughs> um, but when the, the Sunday at WrestleMania, uh, Jeff picks me up and I can't remember where we were going. Well, we're going for something to eat. He says, do I go and get sushi? I've only ever tried it for Tesco. I'll do it. So uh, we're driving and I'm like, ah. I could see in my Google Maps because I put it in to get, go to this sushi place. I'm like, ah. by the way, Hulk Hogan's beach shop is 1.2 mile away from here. Jeff's like, ah, you want to go meet the big man? I'm like, ah, right away, see the big man. He's like, let's go and meet the big man. So I'm like, no danger. Drives to Hot Hogan's Beach Shop. And there's obviously it's WrestleMania weekend. So there's about 300 folk queued out, ready to get like their two seconds picture with Hot Hogan, pay two, three hundred pounds, whatever it is. Um, we get suit the motor and uh, Jimmy Hart recognizes Jeff right away. He's out getting it yeehaw with a, with a, what do you call the things? Oh, the, oh, I know what you're talking about. Megaphone. With a megaphone. He's like, hey, Jeff, come on in. The big man's taking the shit. Come on in. <laughs> So we goes in and uh, this is before he just starts doing his, uh, like doing his pictures and stuff like that. And then I, next minute, Hogan comes up and Jeff shines me up something off. Of, How you doing, Terry? How's it going? This man here is a British out Hogan. He can, I honestly, gene me up, right? And the best it is, man, I've got it in fa the, the Hulk Hogan Beach Show, puts it on Facebook Live. So Hogan's like, hey, you can, hey, you can go, man. I'm like, and I don't, I don't know why I've done it, right? But I just stood there and looked at him and went and took half my tap. <laughs> I don't know why I done it. And he's like, oh, all right, okay. And I'm like, and I started going, see, I can date Taylor. And I'm doing the Hulk Hogan fucking, I'm going like that, look, and I'm going, and he's going, very good, uh-huh. That's good, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. And I'm going, see, I can do that, I can go to this, whatever. And uh, best thing oh. ever, man, got my picture with him. Put it on Twitter. I, I'm, I'm no joking you, within half an hour, the Sun Online, the Scottish Sun Online, Bulk Hogan, Gradle meets his hero. 
Bulkogan, they called me. Bulkogan. <laughs> Bulkogan. Bulk Obviously, <laughs> Ken, the chubby grappler met his hero today in Orlando, Florida. That kind of kid. Went, I was loving it, but. Uh, like, that, do you know how fake that sounds, that whole story? Like, I like, know. That actually happened. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's, 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 it's unbelievable, right? There's. And I know, and, and, and Jeff's going like that to him. He's going, and by the way, he can work like hell as well. He can work, he can honestly, he can wrestle rings around folk. I'm going, and then I came and I was like, oh, you tell him what he was like, I was talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I loved man. it, but I loved that's it. A, Jeff is brilliant. He, well, he's been about a bit, isn't he? Oh, Jeff. He's in the AEW the minute, isn't he? He's in AEW, but he's another guy that's done a lot, done a lot for my career because uh, he he wasn't in teen at the time, but he, he came to a show and he, he, he kind of, we had to off right away and then I and his wife Karen super been on we were meant to wrestle each other here I'm sure we were meant to wrestle each other at the Hydro no what it was he was a special guest referee in the match between me and James Storm at the Hydro 2019 and uh he because we were kind of like builders because you remember that when it, when I came back at Shug's house party a couple of years ago and he was wearing the cow jacket Aye. please welcome my friend he's played computer games with my kids he's from the tap end of Stevenson Grado and he came out and we kind of danced about whatever he was then a special guest referee between me and James Storm but then he turned heel on me with a plan to then build it up to next fear and loving mm -hmm. and De Grado versus Jeff Jarrett but he ended up turning up at the Rumble and he got signed, oh, right. so we couldn't do it. WWE, so I was gutted, man. man. WWE. Same, man. <laughs> <laughs> they just chucked WWE as well, didn't they? Well, I know, yeah. but in a, in a way, I think that's a good thing, though. Well, Because it needs to get back to what it was, because I reckon, although it was good financially for, although it was good financially for ICW, it, I think it turned a lot of the fans away that the, the normal fans, like something my brother, who would love company shows, probably wouldn't have reacted well, because ICW was all about the establishment, no. Aye, and also the music was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Kenny uh, Williams coming out to the, what'd you call it song? The Back to the Future song. What'd you call it? Du, du. Power of love. It's a beautiful. Yeah, Wolfie yeah. coming out to Hungry Like a Wolf. Mm -hmm. Like that was like the best thing about it was the music and getting, and, and when it became the generic WWE music there to use that, loses mm -hmm. a lot of spark, loses a load of the energy for the crowd. So, Although it was good financially for ICW, I don't think it was good in the long term for, you know, keeping then the big shows in Glasgow. However, this is a good thing now. I think ICW can now start afresh and go back to taking risks, like putting Madonna on when I come out and putting it on whatever <laughs> streaming service. Well, see, I want to ask you more about that, but there's a, there's something that's been kind of on my mind to this conversation. Well, because I was thinking about when you, when you, that whole thing when you won the belt for Drew and stuff like that, right? Because yeah. he's a fan, this is more of a fan question for you, right? Because I, I, I've always wondered this, and you've probably spoken before, but it's different just hearing it for you here. Right. Um, you, you obviously, winning the belt like that against another Drew, and Hydro and Mick Foley's coming out and all that, it's like, yeah. this, it was like the peak, it was almost, you would say, I can't think of an event for ICW that was bigger than that. That was the biggest one, right? Oh. And and as a fan, I'm thinking this guy's going to go and a pure big run here, but that's just going to mm. be great. People are going to just keep following him. It's it's going to just keep growing and become this big. And then like, and I don't mean, this is going to sound harsh on you, right? But mm. I I read a stat that said it's a it was the shortest ICW world title reign in the, in the history of ICW. It was only like two months, I think. Aye, two months, which was. I remember when you lost it and I was I was like shocked. 
right. as a fan. So I was kind of wondering, like, is it one of those things where, like, you know that Tyson Fury thing where he, he talks about he he, won, he he had this goal of winning the belt and being the being the guy, and then mm. and then it's like, where do you go for there? <laughs> like, w- was that a case of, I mean, how was that how was that for you to process mentally? Because as a fan, I was kind of wondering, like, what happened there? Well, there was too much. I don't, I don't, Ah, you want to be the world heavyweight champion, but it was never really my like. I didn't want it. I didn't want it for a long time anyway because I see the likes of ICW. I'm happy being an opener and getting the crowd going. Bit of comedy. Um, there's only so much that you can do with my character in terms, in terms of being a main eventer. I believe. I felt that. I mean, I probably could have probably could have held it longer without a doubt, but there was a wee bit of kind of. There probably was a wee bit of politics running about that because I had just became the ICW heavyweight champion, right? And in November, the December Fighting Spirit magazine, which was a big popular wrestling magazine at the time, they done an article on me and put me in the, the never put my photo in the front page, but it was like one of the wee bits, but they wrote TNA Star Gredo, right? Which pissed off Dallas probably. But it pissed off a lot of the fans, but it pissed off Chris Renfrew, who I was now going into a feud with, right? Um, and I won the title in November, and the December show was the same weekend as that weekend that I was going to be in Chicago with Cabana, right? right? So Chris Renfrew, I don't know what it was, then went on to the. Uh, uh, promo in the ring about how Gredo's a sellout and he only cares about money and all that. <laughs> Fuck up come on, what? I wasn't even getting paid for all of it some of the times, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I oh this TNA star Gredo, he's he's shits in the fans, you should be here the night. Obviously I'd love to have been at that show in December to, to defend it, but at the same time I was already booked for Cabana's thing and um again it was another chance to wrestle in America. It's just horrible that it landed on the same weekend, um, which then kind of turned a lot of the fans against me getting into the show in January at the Barrowlands, where I dropped the title. But that's when I, that 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 probably is my favourite match is me and Chris Renfrew where I where I dropped the belt. I love it. It's on YouTube just now, and what I love about it as well is because I changed it up that night as well. It was one of the best entrances Mate, ever. I, I, I honestly like that more than any other entrances is the Grado coming out to like a prayer for the first 30 seconds and it cuts into if you're having girl problems I've been writing your son i got 99 problems and a bitchy and there's a great wee bit when I'm walking in the ring man and there's a fan it's doing the, the NAK sign on it and I kind of go as if to it's dafty and I love it I love it so do and that match as well I had got my weight down as well I had been wrestling that often that I was fit, I was tanned, I wrestled in trunks. And I looked all right. See if I don't see much of back. I actually pull it off. I've watched that match. I've watched, that's my favorite match. Here. Is it? I've watched that many times. Seriously? <laughs> like, I've watched that many times. It's a cracker, isn't it? I, that, that's why I was Why watch you now? Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I mean, I, I, that's why I was so shocked to the moment because you came out and it was like, it was like that entrance to me was like, oh, this guy is going to be the, he's, He's shown he's going to be the man. You know, what, you know I mean? what? I probably could have rode in the coattails of that entrance. And Aye, if I, if I, if I, if I kept the title, you're right. I probably could have kept that up for a wee while. You're right. I could. It was one of those. And I had the Foley flannel as well, which I've lost. 
That also get me booking stuff, man. I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Because should listen to you, mate. <laughs> that was the kind of thing where um, that, that that's something the rest of the love to do. Being the guy that's like writing writing programs and stuff like that because I, um, I don't. I date enough two twice a year for my family bash wrestling shows. It's a nightmare. It's <laughs> a, a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Is is when you were you know you're saying the crowd was kind of there was a part 50, of the crowd. 50. 50, 50, right? That to me, that entrance was like you saying whether you like me or not, I'm the man. Do you know what I mean? You're right. <laughs> I, no, seriously, but... Aye. Aye. And so then, but you also, and then on top of that, you Imagine were, the fact that I just spotted the night a phone went, I'm using that tomorrow's entrance. <laughs> <laughs> not to do with that at all. Because I was like, because in my head, I'm thinking, this is clearly a long-term thing. Aye, Because it it's like, you came out, and then also on top of that, like you say, you were clearly in the best shape I'd ever seen. You know Aye. So I was like, this guy's clearly ready to go on a run. So when you lost it, I was like, Aye. what? Then it went, went downhill for their own. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, but then it was like, so I get why you're, what you're saying about, um, you know, feeling like there's a limit to your character in terms of the main mm-hmm. event. But sometimes, I feel like sometimes that the wrestlers that don't plan on being the main event are the ones that actually end up drawing and connecting with the crowd the most. Look at Sami Zayn, you know? Sammy Zayn Sammy in the wrestling, Zane, Daniel, Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, Kofi all, Kingston. All these different they all love, everybody loves an underdog in the story. They all the, heard the bit for six months, but you know, what happened? I know, <laughs> I know. Like, we need to get, I'm, I'm going to go and smash Chris Friendfield after this, right, for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't actually hear for Chris, I don't think Enda actually hears for him anywhere, but I, I, I do appreciate that match because I, I, that's probably my favourite match. It was a belter. Um, I, like, do you know when like, I came into this, I was like, I don't, I need to talk about other things in wrestling. Because <laughs> I was going to because ages ago in this conversation I was going to say to you that when my dad was in the when he seen you at the cell the first time one thing that he noticed was the big the big uh, Rangers mm-hmm. the big Rangers did he notice that right away? Because when I done the same fight club because I didn't want because when we done the same fight club I we done it right at the start I was like I'm not getting involved in football <laughs> I was like I'm not getting involved in football. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is right so like. You know that whole like, imposter syndrome thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've got that. See the day? This was the first time in a long time that I came in and I was like, it's really? Like, it's a big, like, you're quite a big deal to me, mate, you know what I mean? Ah. Like, so I was a wee bit like, okay. Like, well, it's very, you you're, ve- you're very easy to talk to. And I like, oh, I, I like getting these wee stories out. Well. I get right into that now. <laughs> no, I could, I could tell and that, no. that's. Uh, you brought it up. Because part of me is like, you know, you just meeting somebody that you want to meet and you're like, I want this to be good, I want me to enjoy it and all that. So you obviously got to meet all your heroes in wrestling Aye. and TNA and all that. Because you're actually a wrestler, though, there maybe wasn't as much of that because you're doing the same field as them, but how does that compare to like meeting your heroes in football? Um, was, there a bit, was you a bit more nervous meeting your heroes in football than maybe your heroes in wrestling? No, because- I'd, no I'd, say, I'd say the, the wrestling I was probably, I was probably more ner- nervous about. Um, but I suppose what it does stay is... When you you meet guys like you, you do realise that they're all just they're all just the same. I mean, literally, that's what it is. Aye. I mean, I, it's funny you say that, right? Because remember, I tell you that I'd been doing WrestleMania weekends, right? See, my the last one that we'd done just before, in fact, it was probably the year before we went into lockdown. I remember being at this Comic Con, uh, the WrestleCon thing, and I'm sitting down, right, and there's the Boogeyman walking by, and there's Sting walking by. To go on day 40s, there's D'Lo Brown, there's Booker T, and you know that way I sat and I went, this doesn't bother me anymore. But it was quite sad in a way. I was like, ah, the novel, you know that novels were off, but it was like, 
I was like, if this was had been like four or five years before that, I'd have been like, oh my god, that's, that's such and such. Oh my god! And then it, it kind of when you you meet that amount of folk and you realise everybody's just all just the same, then it was. But it was kind of sad that way when I, I wasn't feeling the it's excitement. Like, I'm meeting all these wrestlers is what I did. Mate, it's like realising Santa Claus isn't real. You, like, ah, a wee bit. Bus kind of goes away a wee bit. You're like kinda. Oh, I kinda like. I'll see folk now that. You know, but kind of, you still, you still get me bit. I'm trying. Who's the last person that I've met where I thought? Have you? Is Alan McCoyston invited you to house yet? No, it's funny that, isn't it? That's <laughs> funny that because the story with that, of course, on Scott Squad, I done Alan McCoyst and BBC put it up on their Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. And uh, as soon as they put it up, I thought, oh no, I was like, is he going to have a bit of a complex? Is he maybe going to take this the wrong way that I'm? Kind of mocking the way he goes on because I mean he does say make no mistake about it. I mean you could sit and be Alan McCoy's bingo and have a care to all the stuff that he says, make no mistake about it. I tell you, I tell you something and uh what is it? He says, Absolutely, Ken a lot of the stuff he says all the time. And I thought, he could take this the wrong way. But they put it up on Facebook and within an hour he DM'd me on Instagram, came up, Alan McCoy's nine has messaged you. Uh, all right, pal. I've been pissing myself for the last hour. And uh, all the boys in the group chatter gave me pelters. Well done, mate. Love the show. And I was like, Pfft. couldn't believe it. Of course, my brain starts going, is he going to start asking me? Do you think he might be like, get a big man and freeze down. Or he's sitting in the boozer going, get it, though, didn't man. Get my phone. That's what I mean. That's the way, way, way my mind goes. Aye, aye. Uh, but then he. he I have been in contact with him because he was going to do our podcast, Pint Two Shots, but people, the amount of folk that you've probably heard before that I'm really bad to try and get a holiday. Maybe, maybe Right. Maybe I mean, I'm, right. I'm, 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 Alan McCoy says, well, and I always knew that anyway. He's he's bad to try and get a holiday, but we're trying to get him to come on the podcast. So I've been kind of, I've been playing it kind of cool. I don't want it to be going, taking the piss. Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing that, that, that happened to me when I done the charity game at Ibrox, which, which I thought was cool. Because I have met Ali before, but um, we were in the, uh, the bit just as you get into Ibrox or the Marlboro staircase, isn't that? And somebody tapped my shoulder, shoulder and I turned around and it was Alan McCoy. He says, Excuse me, pal, how you doing? Any chance I can get a picture with two of my boys? I was like, of course, <laughs> of course. And I was like, right, no bother. And Ali's taking a picture. It just blew my mind. Ken Allen, of course, is asking me to get a picture with his boys. Uh, Unreal. That must have been. Oh, it was amazing. We haven't. Do you know what's interesting? See, when I was when I told my family I was having you on, right? Uh, in my head, I'm going, it's like I best in legend. I said that we were on champion on that right? And hmm. and like uh, my nephew is like, ah, you see the guy from two doors down? Uh, and I'm going. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting old. <laughs> I know, but you're right. There's, there's some folk that don't know me as the wrestler at all. If I tell them I'm a wrestler, they go, "What? You're a wrestler as well?" Because there's folk that have obviously just saw me for doing Scott Squad or two doors down. So I can, I can understand why. But that's quite sad, and it? it's like, it's like he, that. Because uh, right away, I'm like, that's not what he is. Aye, I know what that's you mean. He's, he a is, he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. How did, how does like you're talking about the buzz that wrestling gives you, right? Mm -hmm. How does that like? Do you get anything similar to acting? Ah, that's a good question. I'm good at this. Man. I support, no, no, that's a good question. Be your, your, uh, your come on to him. Um, I would say you stuck in. Um, I would say that the buzz that you get for acting, I suppose there is still a bit of a buzz. I say the buzz that you get for acting, 
is when the likes of when you're on two doors down, right? I've got one week of one liners, right? I don't really need to remember a lot. It's not as if I'm sitting there with I've got heavy loads of dialogue, the likes of like Johnny or Elaine C. Smith of. I suppose the buzz that you get is when you say your line and you can hear the director and the writers at the monitor and you can hear them laughing and you know that what you've what they've wrote and you've managed to kind of make them laugh at what they've they've said so there is there's buzzes that's probably where the buzz comes from on that kind of is there any sort of when it comes to acting have you had like so obviously you, i feel like most of the roles you've done and most of the things you've done have been based around just being yourself. me <laughs> i know you're you're you're, you're like the rock and all <laughs> um but like is, is there any sort of rules where you go i'd quite like to try doing something well different it's funny i get tagged you and cameron text me last night there's a lot of stuff i don't end up promoting but i done an episode in endeavor a couple of years ago oh really i where i where i was i play you know what endeavor is on itv I, definitely I've, i think i've seen it's uh, the prequel to inspector moss i done uh i done i played but funnily enough i played a wrestler i played uh a gay wrestler accused of killing a takeaway driver Right, in the, <laughs> right. And, and it was in the sixties, right? It was right. set in the six, set in the set in the sixties, and so different. I, it was I, and uh, so I had, I was only maybe in about three or four scenes, but that was serious acting, and it was putting on a Manchester accent. So I'd done that, I've done that, and then I done a wee thing for that I've never really spoke about either. I, I, I done a series on Disney Plus called, what's it called, man? Wedding season, where I played a policeman. I put well. You've you've played a policeman. Now. I know, and it's funny because I went, I went I went to get the costume fitting for it, right? And uh, I was like, oh, "That's made a less work because it was like done in England because it was like does the way was it? It was shot in between America and U the UK, but I had to go down to I think Manchester to, for the costume fitting. And the woman gave me my the stuff that I had to wear, and I was like, that's, "I was like, I play, I can copper up up the road anyway, Scott. That's the kind of shit that I usually wear." And she went, "Well, don't be telling them that you already play a copper." I goes, "They don't know that." Because I could have went, you know, might have decided uh, to get somebody else because they know they know that because they didn't know that I was known for for playing a copper on the telly. But I so I've done wee bits of kind of serious acting here and there. But I would like to demerit it. I really, really would. Did you enjoy it then? Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Because I loved it. I'd be interested to see you like see how you would do in like a first sinister role. I know. I'm gonna be in Hingley. What's it called? Is it, oh no, I'm going to get this right because there's a story to this and all right. You know the way the new England in Scotland, there's all these one named dramas. Crime, fight, screw, rig. Okay, what I mean, right, so, right, so I keep getting mixed up. I'm sure I was in the Irvin Welsh one, which is called, I'm sure it's called Crime, right? It's called Crime, right? And I play, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it. It's coming out. It's only a one scene, but it's something that I've never done before. I've got tattoos and all that, and a drug den stuff, right? It's class. Um, but it's funny because I've <laughs> seen you have right? So, see that thing I was telling you about that BBC mm -hmm. 100 years thing that I went down to, right? I met a guy called Neil Forsyth there, right? Uh, hey, how are you doing? I'm Neil Forsyth. I was like, oh, he's a, he's a writer, he's wrote stuff back in Scotland. He says, um, I write, uh, I write, is it, oh Christ, it's guilt, guilt, right? Get the number one, right? He says, I, I write guilt, right? And see, because I keep getting mixed up with all these names, I was like, that. I went, guilt? I went, am I in that? He went, no, you're fucking knowing that. But, oh, it's crime, I'm in, it's crime, I'm in. 
But I was mortified because it looked, I genuinely forgot the thing that I had a wee bit part in because they're all called screw, crime, guilt, fear, <laughs> dare, dare, came, I mean, so he's standing there and I'm like, ah. it looked as if I, he, he told me that he was, he wrote uh, screw and I went, uh, still screw, what's it called? Guilt, see what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him and went, hmm, guilt, am I in that? Hmm, what does he? But it wasn't like that at all, it was just because I generally got mixed up. So I was a bit of a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> You're full of the stories, man. You're full of the stories. I know, I know, I know. That's a good one. So, okay. That was a good night. I know I've been at that BBC 100 years, man. Partying with Mary Berry. Lenny Henry was there. There was uh, Zoe Ball, Graham Norton. It's class. And of course, there was like nobody going about asking for selfies with each other. Well, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not giving to it. I'm just like, oh, Ryland, come here. 40. I was in my element. I was in my element. I got my pictures with Dermot O'Leary, Graham Norton, uh, who else? Uh, big Greg Davies for the in between us. He was there. Great night. Well, you mean a bigger star today, so there you go. There you go, my man. <laughs> Try to give myself the rub. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that. <laughs> well, so, what's we are robbing? Anyway, it's, uh, well, I've got two good hands, and not so much for the legs. You know? <laughs> um, see, you said you said too many funny things, and I had to say something back. But uh, okay, so there's. I'll give you. A, I don't know. I have no idea how long we've been, and it's one of the f times of the podcast where I'm like, I don't want it to end. There's a couple of couple of quick fire things for you, right? Quick fire. Uh, well, I'm quite like you with the quick fire. When I say quick fire, I mean. Overdrawn questions that hopefully you have a quick answer for. I'm not. Uh, right, we'll see. Um, see, okay, so I'm going to. This will be like the last sort of, if you like, serious question, right? Right, oh no. We, what? We were talking about wrestling. We, we talked about wrestling. Me wrestling shit. This is the last thing okay. I'll say. Is everyone talks about that. You know, you always see these things in wrestling where there's like that big sort of, for lack of a bit of putting it, retirement match mm -hmm. or a retirement scenario. Aye. Have you got something, you know? Is, what does the future look like for you in wrestling? I don't know. I really don't know. I love doing my family bash wrestling shows at the Pavilion. I really love that because... Book me, mate. Yeah, booked. It's <laughs> an idea. I'll try and do something. <laughs> if you can think of, if you can think of a storyline, send it to me. Yeah. I'll right? I'll, I'll send you about 10 of them. How <laughs> <laughs> about think about it? How about think about it? Right, cool. We'll see if we can work something out. Right, right. Um, and why I do love them is because as I've got such a variety that we have on it, because it's it's, it's like I just like pantomime in a wrestling ring. No, to the fact where it's like taking the piss out of wrestling because that's what I hate. I hate. Don't get me wrong. As much as I love comedy wrestling stuff, like that, I hate when it takes a piss out of it. Right? See, there's some stuff that I've seen in the and I go, right, come on, right, that's too far. But in terms of a retirement match, I don't know. I don't know. I've I've never really thought about it, but. If it, if it had to be WMD, it would be probably uh, with, with Cabana, Drew, Shah, or Jester. Interesting. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe get like a wee, uh, I don't know. Hopefully I don't need, I want to be, I want to be like Big Daddy, man. Well, He's still carting his big old ass into the ring, man, at 50 odd. You know what I mean? He'd never done uh, much. You know what I mean? He just belly bopped. Well, to be real with you, man, I hope it's no time soon because I want to wrestle you, no? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to wrestle you, man. Why do you, no? I'll put you through this table. I'll take my clothes off and do it yeah. in the street. I'm going to start cutting a promo on you, man. Like, uh, he turned his back on us, man. Let's get to the way with the TNA. Um, That's been done, that story, really. No, but there's, uh, there's, um, 
that is actually like when I think about being a wrestler, I'm like, great as a guy I want to wrestle. Like in my head, I'm going that because it's like, could like you say, when you're limited, so I'm like limited in my movement, right? I can jump, bump, bump, bump about in that, but yeah. I need somebody that the crowd's going to be into. So like, I've always looked at it like my whole thing is just is sort of. For lack of a better way of putting it, the wheelchair version of you. Try mm-hmm. to connect with the people. Aye. Try to like draw the people can, in. You know I mean? No, I can understand that. So I think we'd be better off as a tag team, mind you. Mate, I would, I'd be a better. I mean, I, with all due respect to Vivi Davy, I think I could take his place pretty easily. Aye. <laughs> well, cause mainly because, mainly because, think about it. Right? And that's been done anyway. Exactly. And mm. and, and like we says, um, think about how easy it would be to get heat or cheered as a guy in a wheelchair. I've always thought this. I've always thought this, mate. So something there. I'm sitting picturing this day because I'm like, ah, let's do it, mate. Um, if we actually end up tag teaming one day, uh, like I'm going to cut this part of this conversation. <laughs> Get Have you got a tag team name for us? Uh, oh, that's no. Don't put me in the box. I'm not thinking I'll, something. I wish it. I, I wish. What? What did you say? I wish I thought about it, mate. What did you say? Wheels in the leg, man. <laughs> Wheels in the leg, man. What? Um, so I've just been called because I've got legs. You've got legs, or not? I don't know what I mean. You could just call it a, um, oh, well, we said that thing about, uh, there's, there's something there, like, I'm trying to think, I've always thought you could say, because there has to be something about, there has to be something, oh, I wish I thought about this beforehand. Right? Sorry, I hate being put on the spot like that, I know. Because it's like, I, I hate things like Because like, I'm going to go home with it and be like, yeah. And you think about it at 10 o'clock at night. Like, fuck aye, off, man. I wish I said that on the podcast. Well, just DM me and but tell me. Listen, we'll, mate, we'll come up with something. The, 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 the podcast audience will come up with something. Because right, okay. there's, there's got to be a name for, for, for uh, we talked about it earlier, like with my legs, with my, with my arms and your legs, for a great tag team. There you go. So there must be something there. There must be something in there. Because it's like, it wouldn't, you've got Grado Mania and you can try and tw- like Grado Hot Wheels Bash or something like that. Do you mean that's absolutely brutal? <laughs> <laughs> that's the fucking worst. Fair news. Fair news. Next question, come on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so moving over that, have you, have, you, uh, have you ever heard of Pivotia Football? Have ever what? Pivotia Football, mate. It's- no, I've no. I, 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 I think, I think I have. Did, did he do that? Did he do that? It's and not Rucha basketball. It's not. Right. Everyone thinks that. <laughs> no, but is there a place in Glasgow that does it? I will. There's a place. Pl- uh, across the Highbrooks? No. 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 We'll see. Well, what it is, is right. Because I'm going to put you in the spot there. See, Powerchair football. Uh, so it's basically, it's wheelchair football, right? But I say Powerchair because it's like in one of these chairs. For those that can't see, it's, a, it's not a, it's not like wheeling with your arms. It's like, the, the motorised wheelchairs, right? Mm-hmm. But they're specifically designed chairs, sport chairs for the game. Right. They go like 10k and it's four aside and there's, everybody thinks it's like, um, you know, I don't know, what do you call it? Dodgems or something like that, right? <laughs> but it's not like that. Like we're all, we, we pass the ball. There's a skill to it, there's an act to it. Like, play, like I was, we were in a tournament in August to qualify for the Euros for Scotland and we, and we done it. And I scored a hat trick against Germany. Joe, can, can you see that on YouTube? I mean, I'll send you. You've scored a hat trick against Germany. I scored a hat trick against Germany. One each. It was one each, and I scored a hat trick, and it was brilliant. Um, I'll actually see that on, on video. Well, what I'll probably what I'll try and do is stick it up for the video on YouTube, and we'll talk about it so you can. Aye, aye. See I'd like there. to see but, that. But it's um, it's a sport that I've been part part of the platform of this is me pushing the idea of getting mainstream teams involved mm-hmm. and then, like. Things like getting mainstream football teams involved in publisher football and get and be, being a wrestler are things that I'm trying to make sure I people, people who can do that. Do you know what I mean? So 
I was thinking about it and I was like, ah, you, uh, <laughs> you, Stephen and Tori right? mm-hmm. against me and a couple of Scottish internationals. Well, well, I'm well up for that. We'll take these on. So, and, 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 and I take it there's, there'll be cheers for us. Aye, aye, aye. What? No, because like... We're going to buy one in it, I don't know. We'll get the cheers. We'll get, we'll get the cheers. Like, cause I can't use that. The, specific, the thing is, is that the, like, see if you went in a regular chair against one of our sport chairs, mm-hmm. which isn't really past you, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's quite... It's, there's a lot of... Um, see, when you watch it at the higher level, you can tell what it is. You can, it's like... The same as watching our fives only it's uh, four side in its wheelchairs, but we have certain rules so you kinda go all in at the same place and all that. Um that, so what, what you what you want to do something like us and then we'll play your team and I, see what happens with it. I've create, can I shine a light on it, is that what you mean? Well yeah, that, that would be clear because I created my own team. Have you heard that FC United uh it's a suicide prevention organization? <sighs> I have heard of them. Aye. Aye. I'm sure I think they might have sent me a t-shirt, a shirt before maybe. Probably is have. it grey? Um, grey and blacky? Yeah, yeah, there's like, there's like a couple of them, but one of them is, aye. But uh, it could have fit me. Uh, <laughs> it was a double XL and it was still a boob tube on me. They should have gave you it before the Chris Rimm film, it would have been a good time. It would have been time. brand new. It would have been a good time for it. Um, but no, <laughs> that, uh, that, like, so it's not, I keep saying it's a charity, but it's not a charity, that organisation, right? Right. I teamed up with them to create my own publisher football team, and we are now called SC United, Prevention Against Suicide Publisher Football. Brilliant. Because uh, that mental health is something that I try and promote, promote in the podcast, mm-hmm. just because I've been through bad times and such. And, Aye. You know, not to bring it, not to put a damn. No, I've that. been the same. Come on, <laughs> we've all been. We've, you know, everybody's. Aye. It's always better. Don't don't need me to tell you, but it does. It's worth always saying that. Because like the like day, you know. I woke up this morning not feeling great. I didn't, and I went to the radio, and I've came here the day, and then I'm speaking to you, and and just talking away. It does help. Yeah, uh, talking always helps. It's actually on the back of our on our shots to this talk, mm-hmm. and that's like something where it's like, uh the worst times I've been through in my life is when I've always when I've got quiet. You know what I mean? That's that. You know I mean? If you're kept gone, and you keep doing stuff and get, and keep get yourself stimulated, that's when it can kind of thing with. That's why I'm I, not good at talk, that's one thing I'm no good at is talking about mental health in terms aye. of like in, in, in a proper way. Aye, do you know aye. what I mean by that? But, but, like I don't mean talking about mental health, but see making it aye, sound aye. worth yeah, worth worth like, salt. Sound, 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 good at it, sound I know. like a deep serious thing. Aye. See how but that's interesting to me, right? I can't you, but the way that you said that you were like talking like to talk about it properly, right? I think that's one of the biggest problems with mental health is there seems to be this way that people think they need to talk about it. But see the hang is I know. Um, is this controversial or not, right? But but see or it's good to talk, but there's more to it than talk. Aye. There's, exactly. there's, I always feel as if there's more to it as well. I don't know. <clears throat> Even like I'm 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 just saying it's sometimes there's folk that need more than uh, I don't maybe I shouldn't say that. Well, I think what you, I think to to try and put it in a way that you're looking for that's not controversial. I think the way you're trying to say this is that talking about it's good, but then there needs to be things in place where actual support, Aye. actionable things are there yep. for people to get support for things. I would talk about it, but then what we're going to do about it? Uh, and that, that is a problem because it's like, it's became this sort of niche thing thing where you can talk about it and be like, let's talk about mental health and then... And that's that. And that's that. That's that. What, what, it's good to talk and then there's nothing else comes to it. Aye, what You're right. Next? No, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Like, mm. what, what can we do? Like, because... I'm going to carry you all the way through this, mate. It's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's like there's so much stuff in the west of Scotland that I think it's affecting young folk. 
Um, I think it's the, 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 the amount of, the, I think the drug use is affecting young folk. I think gambling. I think social media plays a big part when they see folk having, living their best life on social media and they're getting this and they're, they're getting got this holiday and they're having this sort of relationship. It's more than just talking. I think for for young folk, there's got to be more stuff out there that people can. Like, I don't know. See, you carry on for there, but do you know what I'm coming for? Yeah, for I feel sure. as if I want a bit cut out. No, it's like I, I listen. I get exactly what you mean. It's, it's it's a hard thing to know what the right thing is to say about it. Mm -hmm. Was but the point is, is that the, there's only see see if you see if all you're saying is talk about it, but the suicide rate still went up. Aye. We're not, you know, something's clearly not working. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is that all you're kind of doing is, 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 it's almost like a, it's almost in talking about it as like a political social tool to say, mm -hmm. I'm a good guy, let's talk about mental health. Rather than saying, what are we actually going to do about it? It's the same thing that I say in a different sense about disability. Like people will say, you know, you're so inspiring and so motivating to be around that. And you're like, can we build more raps, please though? <laughs> that would be great. You know what I mean? I, it's, I, like, it's great that you find them inspiring, but I kind of get to the fucking shop. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Do you know what I mean? What are we going to do about it? There needs to be an, a plan of action. Exactly. There needs to be something in place where people are actually going to take steps to yep. to make it mean something. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of words that are just said to, to come across as well-intentioned and as a good person, but then how do you actually put that into into something that actually right. means something? Well, so, you then Well, that's that not what you're... Partly we're doing by speaking to folk on this podcast. That is a, that is the whole point of the podcast, mate. It's just. Have you ever had anybody? You ever like you know, James English and that gets on like criminals and stuff like that? Do you ever get that? <laughs> I've never had a criminal on it, mate. But I think, um, you know, like there's people that they podcast. You get and, doctors on and all that. Well, I mean, I, I recently got called a doctor by various guys, but I'm not going to claim to be one. Right. I'm just I'm, I'm a very deep, uh, emotionally in tune person, so. I guess I would consider myself Aye. emotionally intelligent in that sense, but in terms of a doctor, uh, I think um, the closest thing I got to that. Well, I'm going to have. Do you know who the like that neuroscientist scientist is? He's brilliant. Aye. Is that the, the geezer that's always uh, he's always climbing mountains and all that? Aye, and aye, aye. And I follow so him on Instagram. He's so, good. he's good. So hopefully uh, he gets me going. Him. Aye, aye. Um, but no. See, the thing is, for me, uh, it's not about. It's, it hasn't really been about like when you talk about like doing like getting people on and that it's 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 about generating views through controversy. Mine is more about actual try to get a point across of being like how can we? Because for me, the case that I've been in wheelchair my whole life, right? Oh. And I've and I've you never really had it to look up to or aspire to be or and there was a, there was a sense of there was a deep sense of hopelessness there. Oh, I bet you there was. And it's it's one of those things where I grew up and I was like I can become the guy that I wanted. To have to look up to mm -hmm. for the next person, Aye. so that when, so that if someday if someday with a disability or somebody even just going through a bad time in their life that's not disabled can look at can look at me and watch us and get some hope out of it. Well, you know what? Well, that's the I, I know I'm probably repeating myself for what I've said for the start, but you will be making a difference to folk that maybe don't have the confidence that might think, oh, podcasts of that, I can't do that. I'm in a wheelchair or I've got whatever disability that's holding them back. So you're making you're you're making good progress with it. Yeah, and you've managed to get the champ on. I'm trying my best, mate. Oh, Do you know I've I've been I've there's been some ups and downs with this stuff and all that, but um, it's been a long sort of process. And at the start of this year, there's been times where the podcast has done really well, and it's and then I've dipped away from it and stuff like that. And then at the start of this year, I, you're talking about the videos that I've been posting on Instagram and stuff like that. I've I said to myself like, 
let's just give this one more go. Like, be as consistent as you can be. Put in as much work as you can every day to be the best person you can be and then try and see if you can make this platform into something because I've lost a lot of people, a lot of pals that are disabilities that were life-limiting mm. conditions that Aye. have passed away and there's a big part of me that wants to continue their memory in some way. Have they not hanged out? Yeah. I, oh, I know. <laughs> you got us by here. Because you started about putting the passing away. There's no way, man. I didn't even, I didn't even, call it. I didn't even think about that one. Talking about going full circle now, the point is, right? Oh, oh my, my God. God. That was so, I didn't even think about that earlier on before. Uh, uh, it's terrible. It's absurd. It's absurd. We came full circle there, right? <laughs> but the point is that Aye. I'm just trying to create something that, that wasn't there when I was a wee guy. Do you see how the, the videos that you're posting every day as well? Is that making you work out more because you need to put the video up as well? Because I feel as if I want to do that. Aye, aye. Like, pop a story out or something like, and go, here's my progress. And so, if if I stopped doing it, people would start going, well, how, how you know, what's the video there? Is that you exactly. give it up? Is that what you're doing? Well, that's great. Because I have been, like, I've worked it before and been consistent, but this was more just about, right, like, I want to, if I can. If I'm like you say, if you put it out there and you stop doing it, how come like how come you stopped at day forty and you keep going? And it's like I'm looking at it going, each day that you do it, the, the more time that goes past, people are going, Is it day sixty five? What the fuck? How long have you been doing this for? Aye, so aye. see if you do that, it is a motivating factor. Mm-hmm. And and but for me it's just been like there's been years I've been on and off and different things happening, but I'm just going, I want to just see what happens if I just go fully in on this commit myself mm. and like there's been times where I've almost given up on it and you're thinking about like not just the podcast but just life in general mm-hmm. honestly and it's like scenes but I had this moment where I realised I was like instead of giving up on it you could be somebody that that, that pushes through and, and shows other people that it can be done that you can, that you can get past shit and you can get past you know you can do something with your life that makes a difference to people and to other people I, and that's that's what it is mate. so like it's not you know it's about actually having a meaning behind it for me, the mm-hmm. podcast wise, and doing something that I feel like hasn't really been done before. And then from that, I'll be having wrestling matches with you and uh, do you know some bad things, you know. Or get this this football thing that you're talking about. I mean, like, I'd be up for it, man. Like, I mentioned it to so we had too long donkeys ago, but he's a good mm. guy and I think that it would basically the more times that we can get we can do even like doing like a video of like use playing it with us would would bring so many more eyes to it, do you know what I mean? Because I'm trying to professionalise this. I bet you. Because I want it to be here for when I'm not here. And that requires more eyes on it and more people watching it. And people talk about passion in football, man. There's no more passion in football than passion in football. You seem a very determined man. You know. I love that. And you've got goals. We better determination. It's good to be hungry like that. Aye. It is, man. How how hungry are you then? Fucking starving. (laughs) Well, legit, that's the first thing I say when I come in here, wasn't it? <laughs> because I usually come after here at 10 o'clock and I got the first thing I do is go straight for a scoff. What time is it now? Run about here. Is there, a, is there somewhere to get some of tea? <laughs> so, there's a, there's a, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, there's like, there's a, there's like I think um, there's like an Andrews pretty close to here. Is there an Andrews close to here? No, there isn't he. Well, I, like, we, Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> um, well, there's, but no, but be serious what you're talking about, right? Uh, um, you can tell that you're a determined guy, and that's and and even just sitting with you is inspiring me to do, do Well, 
I want to see those workout videos getting posted, isn't it? I want to see them. Give me a car, man. Give me a car, man. I'll be watching, I'll be keeping, I'll be keeping track of it. Like, Where's this workout video? And now that, now they, people know now, mate. It's just starting, mate. It's just it's once you get, it's just trying to get started, isn't it? A, and you know, it's, you know, it's the hardest thing, isn't it? Do you know what's mental about it now? It's like, see, see when you get through that, you go, as long as I keep going, it will never be as hard as it was at the start. If you can get past the first few weeks. So it, it's like the time I gave up chocolate. It's hard for the first couple of days, but see by day seven, day eight, day nine, you forget about it. Exactly, mate. <laughs> it's just about building good habits. It? It is, it good habits. Is. Um, listen, uh, this is one of the podcast, one of these podcasts where I like legit, legit, we talk to you all day. I don't I know. Right, but you know, you always want to leave the people wanting more. You know? right. I want the people want. I want the people to want you to come back so I can do this right. again. Right, I want to do it. Um, but you know, this I know. I know you probably get. Uh, Asked to go on a million different podcasts, right? And asked to do a million different things for different people. Aye. And I've already given you like two or three other things that we should do. Like, I know, I can. I'm going to have a list now. And you, <laughs> I can set the gym, I have to go and play power foot, uh, chair football. Anything else? That's what it's all about, but come on. Aye, well, exactly. It's all about ability, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about ability. Get, get a wee plug in there. No. But the, the point I was just going to make there is that, like, I just want you to know that. It does mean something for me to have you here in here. It's a big deal to me. So well, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate well, you coming in. No, it's nice to see that, you know, I've had a positive effect on folk. I can never ever forget that. I really can't because sometimes you do. You forget and folk, um, I've been inspired by my story. So it's always good to see somebody that's been inspired by me to then go on to do something that they're loving then and and they seem... They want to go somewhere where it likes you on this podcast, so it means a lot that somebody like you has uh, been a fan of me and has respected me. And I hope this podcast has been all right, has it? Oh, it's been amazing. Has it? I've actually had such a buzz. Seriously? Honestly, mate. Have you enjoyed it? Uh. <laughs> um, it's because it's, it's one of those things where even just seven, like 70 weeks ago, I could never have imagined sitting here having such a good time with, with you. So well, can I tell you something now? It's been very easy to see the start. I must admit, I felt a wee bit rusty with all talking, but once I get in the swing of things, you made me feel comfortable enough to start telling all my stories and stuff like that, and I love that. Well, I appreciate the upgrade, don't it? There you go, mate. <laughs> you're the champion of the people, bro, and uh, you're, welcome, you're welcome back anytime. I will do it again. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> what are you doing half an hour? <laughs> having food with your partner? <laughs>